who came and was not only there at the funeral, but he came just a few days before Aretha died because uh, that was his friend. What's the difference in you and Aretha? What's, what's the difference in me and Aretha? A lot of folk might say there's a, there's a whole lot of difference, but, but is there? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about area or calling or any of those kinds of things, but I'm, I'm talking about at our essence. She's a child of God. I'm a child of God. She has a gift. I have a gift. You have a gift. She has, a, she has a personality. I have a personality. She, she made mistakes. I've made mistakes. You've, you've, you've made mistakes. What is the difference? What's the difference between you, me, and Aretha? What can we learn from a queen? May I just say in this day and age that God is a he, you got to get comfortable with he. He calls himself he. I'm a male. There are males here. There are females here. But there couldn't be a feminine side. There could not be a female without God having a feminine side. And in every man, there is a feminine side as there is a masculine side in every woman. So the expression of male and female was not random, but God said, let us make man in our image. And so to look at women and men is to look at the expression and the images that come from God himself. Now, in the occult realm... In, on the dark side, you, you, you have people that ascribe, and defiantly so, to uh, God as being a she, or there's a queen of heaven. I'd encourage you, if, if you feel led, to start doing a bit of research on who the queen of heaven is. But behind it, and I'll give you um, the punchline, behind the queen of heaven, there's a demonic evil deity. That's not the queen I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, lessons from a queen, from a woman who, who carried herself in a certain way, who, who presented her gift in a certain way, a, a woman who learned from life and lived from the lessons that she learned. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about the queen, the queen of soul. Here here's some lessons. I don't know how many of these we, we, I'll give you on today. Um, some have scripture references. Some may not. I may not. May not give you the scripture references. But but I hope I hope you'll take I hope you take a moment to to just jot these down. And and as I mentioned even earlier, um, just chew through these because I believe that that if you if you latch on to this, if you if you grab on to to these uh, these lessons that you will then find yourself on a path to becoming 
the best you. You, you might not be on the front of Ebony or Jet or Time magazine. No one may write an article about you. Um, likely Stevie Wonder won't come to your funeral. But there are, there are lessons that we all can learn from a queen. Here's the first, le- here's the first lesson. Be unapologetically you. Be unapologetically you. Anybody like me, you just get tired of apologizing for how God made you. You, you, know, you, know, you know, explaining yourself. I, I know that's, that's been me. I've, I've had that struggle through life to want to fit into certain crowds, to, to want to appeal to certain audiences. Uh, who, who, who wants to be left out? Nobody. Nobody wants to be rejected. Everybody wants to be a part of. But the longer I live, the more I come to the understanding that if you don't, if you don't like me, then that's cool. That's all right. We ain't got to dismiss, you know, with the, giving each other the finger or, you know, or cussing folk out. Because I've learned that the more me I am, the more the right folk like the me that I'm trying to be. You've got to be unapologetically you. Now, that's not your license not to have good character. (laughs) I'm just like this. (laughs) The devil is a liar. Some of us need to fix some stuff. You you understand what I'm saying? But I'm talking about I'm talking about sh- shirking from, from living big. I don't know if that's right. I think maybe I should say bigly. Is, is that a word, bigly? The ad, but when it's an adverb, aren't you supposed to put an L-Y on it? I like the way it sounds, whether it's wrong or right. You ought to live big. And while I'm here, let me just say, let me just say, um, Quit apologizing for what God does. What well, was that old phrase? You see my glory, but you don't know my story. So you judging me while I'm standing on the winner's block. But you don't know what I had to do to get there. That's, that's you being unapologetically you. You better quit apologizing. When the Lord opened the door, walk through it. When the, when the Lord send a blessing, enjoy it. When, when God takes you higher, go. Don't apologize. Be unapologetically you. Let me put a little scripture on this. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 35. Hebrews 10, verse number 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. I hope I get a chance to tell y'all how this scripture uh, bless, bless my life uh, in, in, in future weeks coming. Uh, therefore, don't not be confident. That's, that's, that's what the writer's saying. Don't, don't put down your, your confidence. The, the, the Greek word that's used here um, is parasia, and, and it means to be bold. So what the, what the writer is saying, don't put down your boldness. And boldness is the trait of being willing to undertake activities that involve risk 
or danger, especially that involve being honest and straightforward in attitude and speech. And a lot of us have to dial back our confidence, our boldness. We, 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 we have to dial back being straightforward. You, you ever talk to folk, you can't say nothing to them? You, 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 can't, you, you can't say you, you got some you on your own. Oh, why you? Um, and just, hey, look, you got an eye booger, and we're just trying to get it out unless you want to walk around, you know. The trait of being, to be bold, the trait of being willing to undertake activities that involve risk or danger. May I tell you, please leave the definition up. May I tell you, if you're not risking something in life, you are not living bigly. Use my word whether y'all want me to use my word or not. If, if you're living safe in the safe zone, there's a difference in the safe zone and the stupid zone. I'm talking about living if, 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 if you stand safe. If you stand safe and, 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 and God is putting an opportunity in front of you and you're like, oh, well... You know, if I, and start calculating risk. You know how you spell faith? Y'all have heard it before. R-I-S-K. If God calls me it's to, it, to do it, it's probably not going to be easy. I'm probably not going to have what I need to get it done. I'm probably, it's probably going to scare me. I'm, I'm probably going to have to uh, get myself ready. A few times I'm probably going to want to quit. God going to have to hide my eyes from some stuff. To be bold is to be willing to do something dangerous. Take a risk. Be unapologetically you is a lesson. It's a lesson that we can learn from the queen. Because here, here it is. Go back to Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 35. He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Here it is. Here it is. Can we read these last four words? Ready? Let's read. Which has great reward. Now, I would have been all right with the scripture if he had just encouraged me, don't not be bold. But here's my incentive. My incentive is, if I'm bold, if I'm confident, if I take risks, he going to reward me? Can I tell you this? Some of y'all hadn't gotten your reward. Because you ain't been bold. And you're not being bold. Because you're not being you. You know, kids, kids learn how to conform early. So they, they say, they say, how, how many, how many heard this? How many brothers heard this? Men don't cry. Look, if some hurt, hurt your toe. <laughs> Happened to me. Men don't cry. Anybody, any, any man ever been told that by another man? Any, any man, any man? Let me see, just checking. That's, I think we, I'm batting 100. Trey, you ain't never heard that one before. Okay, well, put your hand up. Okay, right. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just... If something hurts your feelings, it's all right to cry. Nothing like a good cry with me. Now, I don't want nobody that when I do it. And so, and so little boys are told, early on, I'm just using boys as, a, as an example. Uh, boys are told, told early, men don't cry. And so we go around stuffing our feelings. And when stuff hurts, it hurts. Uh, this story came, came to my mind. I was probably 8, 9, 10. And my aunt, my aunt, aunt Liz lived on one side of this street in this neighborhood. And my Aunt Jenny lived on the other side of the street of the neighborhood. And you go up the street, and then you come down the street. And so Aunt Jenny had older kids, and Aunt Liz only had one, uh, one child, Jerome, Aunt Jenny, Chris, and Charmin. And then me and Joe, uh, we, we lived somewhere else. And uh, Chris was like the cool cousin. He was in high school. I'm in elementary school. And uh, Chris had all the friends, um, you know, in, in the neighborhood. And Chris had a 10-speed bike. And you were cool if you had a 10-speed bike. Um, and, and so I knew how to ride a bike. And so Chris, Chris let me ride his bike. And so um, remember I said he lived, he lived, you had to go up the street and then down the street. And so the, the thing to do was to go up Chris's street uh, to the top and then ride the bike down. It was a curved, kind of went around, and that's what the kids would do. And you know how kids just kind of um, make, make, make up their thing. Well, Chris let me ride his bike, but the problem is there's a difference in women 10 speeds and men's 10 speeds. Y'all know the difference. A bar. Okay, all right. We don't have to understand. Y'all get why. Okay, all right. Well, Chris let me ride his bike. Problem was I wasn't tall enough to accommodate the bar. I didn't think it was going to be a problem, so I go up the hill. You know, you lean the bike over, you put your foot on the pedal, and you rock it up, and you, you know, you kind of lean, lean, look. And I, I rocked it off, and, and, and what, my bike wasn't a 10-speed. I had the bike, I had the bike where, you know, you hit the brake, you got to stand on the back pedal. You know, it wasn't no shifting gears and stuff. You know, you make it stop, you just, you know, just kind of kick that and the wheel lock up and, and slide. Well, when Chris let me ride his bike, he didn't tell me how to put the brakes on. Y'all see where this is going. I'm coming down the hill on a men's 10 speed that I don't have the height to accommodate and clear the bar. I'm pushing back on the pedal. It ain't stopping. I'm about to hit something. I'm pushing harder on the pedal. It ain't stopping. I'm dropping my feet off the side to try to let the tips of my shoes slow the bike down. It ain't stopping. I figure I'd change the gears. Maybe that's how you make it. ain't stopping. The only way I knew to get off that bike to get my feet on the ground was to get off the seat. Oh, I feel it now. It's a miracle I got two kids. Oh. And all, all the neighborhood friends were looking at me and laughing. And I got this lie in my head. Men don't cry. Excuse me, but when 
your male parts are in the back of your throat. That can create some pain. Think if there's any exception to the rule. This will be the, the, the one card I could use to cry. I wasn't being unapologetic in me. Stuff hurts. I'm talking to some men here who you learned early that to cry is a sign of your weakness. Challenges your masculinity, the man that you are. And so, not only do you not cry when your arm is hanging off of your body, but you don't, you don't cry when, you're, when your emotions are leading you to cry. And God has given us tear ducts to clean some stuff out. So you, you aren't being unapologetically you. The, 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 the way you get to God's billboard is, is by coming in agreement to who you are. That's a lesson that the queen has taught us. God rewards us. He rewards us for being boldly and unapologetically you. Aretha she, she embraced her four babies' daddies. She embraced her weight. She embraced the fact that she had a different kind of voice. You know what? There's something about you that's waiting to be embraced. There, there's something about your story that God permitted to happen because he knew it was going to bring out the best in you. And while you're trying to run from some stuff, God is saying run to some stuff and, and embrace, embrace, embrace yourself. And embrace your thick lips. Embrace, embrace your hair. And, 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 and embrace your, your size and your hips and your behind. Society is finally catching up that, 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 other races look better with behinds. So here, here's some folk going to go buy them. And you born with it. Hey, you better figure out how to translate that thing and get paid from it. Not that way. Oh, God, I, 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 didn't, I didn't say it right. Oh, God, that's, that, that's the wrong. No, 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 no. If my wife is streaming. She's, she, you know, faith. I didn't mean that. I, I didn't mean that. I, w what I meant was the thing. Oh, God. All right, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Come here, come here, come here. What I meant was embrace that thing that's different about you and figure out how to get paid from it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about, just leave that alone. Just, 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 oh. Y'all, I promise that, that I wasn't trying to, I, that was just. Ooh. 
Y'all know that, y'all, y'all know that supermodel, uh, her name is, uh, what was her name, Tess Holiday. She, she's a plus-size model. She, she, just got, she just got her largest contract, and she's at her highest weight. She had to figure out how to embrace all this, all this loving, and get paid from it. I said, what, what's the best part of your day? Hey, sit, sitting at home with my two-year-old, uh, using, with him using my body as his racetrack, going up and down the fat rolls. She had to figure out how to get paid from it. What don't you want? What don't you like about yourself that God is using and wants to use? I didn't mean to go this way. That God is using and wants to. The scripture said when we are bold, we're rewarded. I'm preaching better than some of y'all are saying amen. Here's the next lesson. I'm running out of time. Um, It's the struggle that makes you solid. Next lesson that we learn from the queen is that the struggle makes you solid. Now, I didn't grow up on, on, um, on Aretha Franklin's music. You know, I think all of us in some regards, no matter how young or how old we are, her music has been so timeless. Uh, it's been sampled. It's been put in uh, soundtracks, tracks to movies, commercials. We all know who Aretha Franklin is. Um, if we don't know nothing else but R-E-S-P. P-I-C-T. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, so, so we, we all know, we all know Aretha. Um, but let me, let me use uh, um, another, another, another person. Mary J. Blige. Boy, Mary J. Blige is the epitome of being bad and bougie. She... She, she's, she's bouche ghetto. I mean, Mary, Mary J. But I figured out something. Mary J. has sold so much. Not because she don't care who you think she is. But Mary J. has sold so much pain. Y'all know what? That's what Aretha Franklin did. She sold her pain. Mary J said, real love, I'm searching for a real love. Someone in my heart to real love. Searching for. We know Tim ain't going to tag me because Tim only knows amazing grace, uh, precious Lord. And Douglas Miller, though my soul been aching the Lord. Anything else? You know, that's all right. Okay. All right. She was selling pain. I can't give nobody my heart. She said, I'm going down because you ain't around, baby. My whole world's upside down. She sold all them, Mary, sold all them albums, all, all those albums. She, she, I ain't going to cry no more. Mr. Wrong, take me as I am. She was so all Mary was selling pain. And you identify with her pain through her music, and so she gets put on your playlist. Aretha, 
She was, she, she was, she was the queen of soul music. Cause ain't no hurt like when you get heartbroken, when, when, when somebody rejects you, 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 you know, on the inside, you, 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 you you're down, you're down, and it just, it just, oh, ah. Uh. Then, then Aretha. Then, then, then she sell. What's that song? Rock steady. Have y'all ever listened to the lyrics that one? And move your hips side side to side. Move your hips. Side rock, rock steady, baby. You moving your hips. She got into another volatile relationship. They were moving their hips from side to side. You know, in her life, she struggled with domestic abuse. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Y'all missing it. You, 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 you're missing it. Um, the struggle is what made her solid. She knew life wasn't going to be easy. I got four babies' daddies. None of them no good. Give me that microphone. I'm in the Bible. Y'all go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to look at verse 7. I want you to go down to verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But I want you to make note of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Um, just listen as you're going to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry. Right, what does the word ministry mean? The word ministry means to serve. Okay, so, so therefore we have this ability to serve as we have received mercy who do not lose heart. Okay, so, so that's verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 4. I'm in a ministry. All right, now, now when we, by the time we get to verse number 7, we're going to see how people receive from our ministry. Are y'all with me? Y'all ready for some barbecue? Uh, what, 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 what? Okay, all right, look at, what, look at what it says in verse number 7. He, he says now, he says, but we have this treasure. Let the church say treasure. All right, all right, so what's a treasure? A treasure is something that has high value. All right, and, and say, I got it. Say it like you mean it. I got it. If your neighbor didn't say it, elbow him. Say, I got it. So, so we have this treasure. Okay, where, where's the treasure? Was that a hard question? The treasure is in our earthen vessels, which is us. Everybody still with me? Verse 1, we have a service, this ministry. All right, we get to verse 7. He's, he's going to tell us how we, how we are able to minister. He, he says, in this body, we got something that's worth something. Okay. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh, okay, all right, we're about to go to verse 8, but not yet. Not, not, not yet. Now, now, now watch now. I got a treasure. It's my ministry. All right, but it's telling me that God is going to have to get with it for me to serve. That the excellence of the power. In other words, I cannot get the treasure out. To serve it unless God get in it with me. Unless God can manage 
the circumstances that he's going to put me in for this thing that is so valuable to come out of. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. All right, go to, go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. Verse eight. Look at how God, look at how God, look at the ministry. Look at how God gets the value, our treasure out of us. Look, 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 look at what he does. He says, he says, okay, now, I, I'm, I, I got some expensive in you. But we hard press on every side. Remember, the, the struggle makes you solid. Um, we crushed. Um, we, we, we're hard pressed on every side, but we ain't crushed. I'm still in the game. We, we, we're perplexed. I'm confused. I can't, I can't figure this thing out, but we're not in despair. Uh, I'm going to take this one to the cross. I'm going to try to figure this thing out. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, verse number nine. I'm persecuted. But I'm not forsaken. All right, y'all may not like me, but God got somebody that's going to come around and like the me that he's, that he's made me to be. What, what, why is he doing it? Because he's trying to get our treasure out of us so that we can serve it. He, 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 says, he says, you are struck down, but you're not destroyed. Touch somebody and say the game ain't over. It's not, it's not over. I might be down, but a good man gets up seven times. You, you, you might see me struggling now, but I'm going to get back up. Watch. The lesson from Aretha is that the struggle makes you solid. Some of you have been rebuking your issues, your trials. God is saying, I won't let it go away. Not because you don't have authority over it. But I'm not going to let it go away because you don't realize you're pushing away your reward. You you, you can't see what's coming. You can't see where God is taking you. And you're like, God, please let the wind stop. God, please let me get this thing right. God, please, I'm, I'm living right. I'm, God is saying, I'm trying to get the treasure out of you. I'm, try, I'm trying to get you to, what? 75 million albums. She was serving. <laughs> Through the pain of men not loving her and being, being, being in illicit relationships and, and, and other habits, God was just, he was just bringing the treasure out. He was, he was just getting another number one hit. He was, he was just moving her, moving her in the right, in the right direction. And can I tell you, if you want life to be easy, you, you done picked the wrong religion. Struggle, it cures you. Y'all know that word like cement, when you pour cement? It has to cure, it has to settle, it has to get hard. I'm a different man with the church being 12 and a half years than I was when we were 12 months old. Because I've been through some struggle. I've been knocked down, but I'm still here. I've been I've been confused, but uh, but I'm not perplexed. I, I, y'all understand what I'm saying? And, and somebody somebody likes my CD. 
You like what I serve. You, you can identify with how I preach. You, it's like you, you always tell me it's like you were riding in, in the car with me. You, you can understand. You can feel my pain even though I ain't talked about it. Because the struggle, it makes you, it makes you solid. Here's the next lesson that we can learn. We can learn from the queen. Steward your gift well. Steward your gift well. Auntie Riri did this. She, she, she did this well. Everybody knew. She ain't going to sing with the L. I remember her singing for Obama's inauguration. And, and the, 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 the commentator guy I was listening to, um, on, on the, I don't know what his name was. He, he says, he says oh, so how do you think this is going to go? He's talking to his co-host. He said, I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, Aretha doesn't like um, the, the cold air. She's known for making them turn the air off when she sings. So, so we're, we're going to see. She, Aretha said, I don't care who you are. She said, the only reason I ain't out here, with, I'm out here in the cold, is because we ain't inside. She had a, she had a neck all, 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 all tied up. The night she sang uh, for, what was that, that uh, popular tenor's name? Uh, yeah, him. Um, do y'all know backstage? He got sick. The doctor said, you can't sing. Riri had to be in, happened to be in the back. They said, they said, Aretha, can you sing? She said, let me, hear his, let me hear his soundtrack, his rehearsal recording. She said, I, I can do this. Wait a minute, we're we, we not talking about like the Shaka Khan thing. You know, reading the words off the, off the fan. Anybody ask you? No, no, we, we're talking about, what language is that, it, Italian? Riri learned Italian. She, she knew how to get in the background. She, she was so incredibly gifted. She went on five minutes, and she speak English, but sang in Italian. She, she took care of her gift. She said, if y'all want me to sing Italian, y'all going to have to turn this air off. She got paid in cash. Y'all heard that one? Y'all heard that one? She would not sing till she first got her money. Get the bag. Riri got the bag first. Said, don't bring me no check either. When you steward your gift, you start establishing boundaries. When, when you start taking care of how God has made you and your, your skill set and your ability, you start saying, I, I can't do that. No, 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 no. You, you, you can't do that. That just, that if you want this anointing over there, you can't do that. You, you're going you gonna to have to establish some boundaries. You got to take care of how God has made you. 
You got a boss that won't respect your gift and your skill set. Maybe that ain't the job for you. Maybe you're working beneath what God wants, and you got to be bold and say, uh-uh, God, Daddy, you made me. You got, you getting some out of me. I'll have a job to go to. I know I got to eat, but I feel like I got to take a risk. I got to take a faith step, and Daddy, they taking advantage of me. You've made me fearfully and wonderfully. You've created me like this. You're going to have to draw a boundary and say, I got to find somebody. I want to be celebrated, not tolerated. You, you got to take care of, you got to take care of your gift, but not only did, did Aretha do this well, she dropped the ball on this one too. You can learn from, you can learn from Aretha on this one. She was a chain smoker. I read one, one, one piece that said she smoked three pack of cools a day. And still got a voice like that. She, she struggled with alcoholism. She didn't take care of her temple. She struggled with obesity. You know, I think if we start taking care of ourselves better, we wouldn't have to ask God for so many health miracles. Me included, me at the top of the list. You got to get enough sleep. You got to get enough water. You got to have a balanced diet. You got to eat your vet. You can't have french fries all the time. Hash browns for breakfast. Potato chips for lunch. French fries for dinner. Tell me I need to lose some weight. Yeah, you could. You. you got to take care of yourself. That's what stewardship means. All right, God, you gave this to me. I'm going to do the best I can to take care of what you gave me. How many of us need to repent right now? I have not taken care of my gift. Some of y'all awake only because of coffee. Some of us don't have high blood pressure because we take pills. Diabetes running your family and you still eat sweets. Folk got heart attack in, in your family and you still won't work out. We're not taking care of the gift. I wonder how many CDs, albums she could have sold. She didn't struggle with smoking and obesity and alcohol. We can learn. We can learn. We can learn from the queen question is, what you going to do when you leave? Will your amen translate into action? Here's another lesson. Y'all, I ain't out of message. I'm just going to have to stop. Uh, Here's the next one. Be bigger than the box. Don't let nobody put you in a box. If you find the box, run from, kick it. Don't let anybody put you in a box. Rita said, no contract is big enough to hold me. 
I ain't flying. I'm riding the bus. Y'all can set the dates if you want me there. But, but Aretha, you could do a whole lot more. Can you? She did all of what she did on a bus. Yes. Riri said, I'm going to protect this. And I, I ain't going to be in the box. I ain't got to be like the rest of them. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like y'all not getting this thing. You, you, you don't have to conform. Aretha didn't conform. She did it her way. And she did it so well until folks said, never mind the box. We, we can figure this thing out another way. I, I just had, I had to flash back here as I was standing here. I was trying not to say this, but I mean, we got ready to start. Uh, so many people, even while we were away this past week, um, so many people, what kind of church are you? We're, we're, we're non-denominational. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that we're not one of the major streams. Well, what, what are you? Well, we're Christian. Well, are you Pentecostal or are you evangelical? We both. So you believe in the gifts, or did the gifts give up? Um, I mean, you know, or is that God give us all gifts? Yes. We ain't in a box. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about, I think I, I built a box. I'm about to tear it down again. Uh, We're we getting too comfortable with, with where we are because, because we're bigger than a box. And there's relevance, or there's, there's relevance in what I'm trying to say because the church and the landscape of church is changing. What you see about the institutional church is changing. Folk just don't know how to handle the change. So you get people that get hurt by the institutional church. They scream church hurt and they say, that's why I ain't going back to the church. <laughs> Church is changing and pulpits aren't. So we still, we still trying to do stuff that had a grace on it. But we're too lazy to find out where the grace is flowing now. I, I start thinking the other day, I'm 46, about to be September 8th, next national holiday. I'm... I'm I looked around the other day, I was in a meeting, some of the preachers, I wasn't the youngest one there anymore. Time waits for nobody. I love y'all, but I ain't standing my whole life here. I, I'm not going to kill this thing trying to hold on and get y'all to get principles and get delivered and renunciations and getting filled. There's more for me to do. Than, 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 than just this. Who going to come behind me? Who? Because the church is changing. Now, Proverbs 13.22. Um, you, you've heard this one. Um, Proverbs 13.22. 13.22. Put it up. 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 Put up. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Everybody knows that one. Amen. All right. But now watch. But the wealth... Of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So, so there's this prophecy. There's going to be a wealth transfer. God's going to take the wealth from the wicked and give it to the righteous. The problem is the righteous aren't mature enough 
to know how to handle the wealth. My question then is, is the transfer happening? Because folk want a watered down gospel. You don't want to hear truth. I hope y'all do. That's why you're here. Uh, but but at, at large, folk don't want to hear truth. They, they want to know when the blessing is coming. How, how, to, how to reap a financial harvest. They, 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 they want the stuff. They don't want the Savior. Did y'all get my picture about the sugar lips? Did y'all did, put, put that one up. Put that one up. Look, 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 look at this meme. Biblical warning. Sugar-coated preaching is dangerous to your soul. If you don't feel uncomfortable sometime when you come to church, do a Bible study, then you got the wrong preacher. If the Holy Spirit isn't moving by his power to convict you of something and some area in your life, if you always like church, ain't nothing wrong with shouting. But if you always shout and never at the altar repent, that's you. You just want the sweet stuff. Um, let's look at what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, tell me what I want to hear. So then they start picking their preachers. Give me a little, I ain't going to call them no names, but I could. Give me a little bit of him. And give me a little bit of her. And give me some of that. And let me fly over here to this convention. And I like the way he talked like that. And let me get a little bit of this chicken and rice. So you start making your consortium. Of prophetic voices that don't have any prophetic in them. You know what? If America continues to do this. Verse 4 says, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. It is my undying conviction that I will never preach Sugar sermons all the time. I got to preach balance. God wants to prosper me. He wants to bless me. But I got to repent. I got to live right. If, if, I, if, if, if I'm walking in the fence, I got to go deal with that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? As long as you stay hooked up to me, you, you stay near me, you stay near me, we're we going to grow together. I'm the first one to say I did it wrong. I'm the first one to repent because you will never go higher than your leader. Uh, let, let, let me talk about this thing. Oh, shucks. Um, okay, so, so Aretha, she was bigger than the box. This whole wealth later for the wicked, uh, for the, the wealth of the wicked is later for the righteous. Let me tell you what she would do. Uh, Aretha would not only sing to the masses, but she was taking the money that she was making and funding ministry. 
She, she, now the story, I don't know how many times was told at the funeral and even on the news. Um, Dr. King uh, um, was facing bankruptcy. He was at the very end. He didn't have any more money to continue the movement. She went on the road with Harry Belafonte, did 11 cities, took all the money, gave it to Dr. King. She used her platform to support. Uh, she, 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 would take, she would take her money. She'd find a church that was struggling. She'd take her money. She was known for sending folk checks. Ten grand here, five grand here, 20 grand over there. Al Sharpton talked about the check that he sent her. She was, she was taking the wealth of the wicked and giving it to the righteous. Uh, uh, her daddy, Pastor New Bethel, New Bethel there in, in, in Detroit. Every year, Aretha had a revival. She wasn't a preacher. She wasn't a pastor. But Aretha had, Aretha had, she was the one calling, picking the preacher to come in. To pre- she was the one paying for the ticket. She was the one responsible for the honor. She was taking her wealth. Y'all, if that ain't kingdom, I don't know. I don't know what is. And we are going to have to confront this whole kingdom, secular, sacred thing. You ought to be as effective in the secular as you are in the sacred. The kingdom is not divided in the secular and sacred. Same way you look different in church, you ought to look different in the job. Because that's a light on the inside of you. We cannot, we cannot be divisive. And what we have not learned, enough of us, is how to take what God is giving us in supporting kingdom projects. Could it have been, could it have been God's divine providence to make her queen of soul? Because he knew that a queen knows how to handle wealth. And a lot of us, I hope you're not here. I hope you can finish what I'm about to say. We want it just for us. We want it just so we can buy something else that's hot for the season. That, that, was, that was really, I've preached a couple of points, so be bigger than the box. Uh, do right because it's right. Aretha did right because it was right. Here, here's the next thing. Do what's in your heart. I'm finished. Do what's in your heart. Last scripture, First Chronicles chapter 17, verse number 2. David had a path. He had a heart. He wanted to build God a house. Then Nathan. Nathan is the prophet. So the man of God says to the king, Nathan said to David, do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. There was this burning desire that David had. Even though God didn't let him do it, God let David amass wealth. Because David, the Bible says, he was a man of war. He had blood on his hands. And his son built. His son built it. But his Solomon never would have built it if David never would have wanted it, if it had never hit his heart. And so here comes the prophet to say to David, do what's in your heart. I'm speaking to somebody in here now. 
stand on your feet. Stand on your feet.